I feel like so many of my past interview guests this, I don't know, the last couple of months, I, somewhere in the interview, I say, I am going to have to have you back on again. We're going to have to do another series with you or another episode with you. And it's true. I feel like I'm having so many awesome guests. I'm so grateful for the people that I've come in contact with, for the referrals I've gotten for guests for this show. And this next guest interview is no different. We're talking to Ashley Selling. She is a conscious parenting coach. And she wants each one of us to be a more calm and more patient parent. Yes, please, right? I mean, how many moments during our day do we just pray for more patience, pray that the Holy Spirit fills us and we can be more calm? And sometimes we succeed and sometimes we royally fail. I am there with you, friend. I get it. But after today's episode, I know that you're going to walk away with some more tools to have in your back pocket to pull out and use in those moments where you can take a deep breath and remember what Ashley said and really focus on that. Ashley Selling is a parenting coach and a certified positive discipline educator. She's helped hundreds of moms become calm and confident in stressful parenting situations through her tantrums to tranquil method. Ashley lives in Northern Idaho with her husband and her two sons, and her mission is to guide moms to cultivate stronger relationships with themselves and their children so they can create happy homes and childhoods. Come along, friend. Let's grow. You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy, and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? And do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the paper still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication, even among all the busy. The answer is to gather moments, and we want to come alongside your family as you lay your foundation. If you're ready for time to slow down, intentional moments to overflow, and all of this to feel easy in your real life, then welcome, friend. With your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee, I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now my mom, her least favorite kitchen dishes to clean are water bottles and the crock pot. And yes, she is late to the Instapot bandwagon. Jennifer's a meal! Welcome, Ashley, to Families That Stick Together. Thank you so much for making time to be here today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to share you with our audience. So you, you are here to share with us about patient and confident parenting. I think all of us would love to put that on our resume. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your background to get to this place of coaching moms to be calm and confident. Absolutely. So 
bit of my own background. I used to, before becoming a, a parenting coach, I used to lead new mom support groups. And I really saw a need for support for moms in their fourth trimester. And over time, as my own kids got older, I've been doing this for about just over six years now. And um, as my kids got older, I saw the need for parenting support because a lot of people were winging it. They didn't really know what they were doing. I mean, they had an idea of what they needed to do, but they also didn't know for sure the best way to parent their kids. So that's where I came in and um, I became certified. So I'm a certified positive discipline educator and really focused on positive parenting. And over time, it grew to understanding conscious parenting. And yeah, that's kind of where I started. And to get to this place of being calm and confident, there's there's a few steps I think that need to be taken to get there. And one of the most important ones is the mom, a mom, really noticing how she is showing up and what is actually bringing her joy in the moment. Because if we are feeling cranky, if we're feeling upset, if we're feeling unfulfilled, we're not going to be showing up as that calm and confident patient mom that we really want to be. So one of the biggest first steps in getting to that place of being calm and confident really starts with the mom looking at herself so that she can be more fulfilled in her life overall. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think so many of our journeys are about us placing ourselves in a position, seeing the need around us, and then going to find the solutions. So that sounds like your story. You were in the parenting group already, saw that more people needed it, and you went the positive discipline parenting route. But I, I like something you said there was you want moms to show up and, and know what's bringing her joy in the moment. I think so many of us live this fast paced life where we just go, go, go. We're not stopping to even know what's going on in our own home long enough, let alone to take time to evaluate ourselves. So I love that it's about the mom as well and taking care of her. And with that, you're all about the happy homes, and the happy childhoods. First, thank you for that, Ashley. That's so important to help families have support and encouragement in that. And I want you to tell us, what's your philosophy around making that happen? I think it comes down to the mom. And I know this is what I said a moment ago, but my the philosophy around making that happen for happy homes and happy childhoods really starts with the emotional well-being, the physical well-being of the mom, the spiritual well-being. And, you know, it's happy mom, happy home. Like, how can we make mom more happy so that she is pouring from her cup that is full and she's able to give the same amount of love to her kids that she is to herself. I, I think that's such an, a great point to, to bring up is just you have to pour from a full cup because when we're so drained, we can't even give that to our child because we don't have the emotional uh, filling up of ourselves to begin with. 
But um, I will also say, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about this in the same way, is so much of our motherhood journey is definitely about sacrifice as well. So sometimes we can't always have the full cut by the world standards or whatever, because it is sacrificial giving and it has, it also has to come from a place of selflessness, but we know what you're saying here. So expand on that of what you want to see in more moms for, um, just them contributing to their own emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Absolutely. So first off, I think what also helps, of course, we're not always going to feel good. We're not always going to feel like our cup is full. And you're right. Sometimes that's just the way it is. And I think that's where learning to become a better parent or have new tools in their tool belt really, really pays off because if, if a mom's cup isn't full, at least she has tools that she can draw from of how to effectively respond to her kids and how to effectively talk to her kids. So, um, and then to segue into the next part of what you were saying, having an understanding of what triggers a child to act out or misbehave and understand almost in a way, well, the easiest way I can explain it is understanding a child's love language. And I don't mean love languages like we know them. I mean a child's triggers of what causes them to act out. And when a mom has a really, really amazing understanding of her child's triggers, then she's able to communicate to her child almost as if she's speaking to them in their love language, but I'm really referring to triggers here so that her child is more encouraged to listen, to follow directions and for the child's cup to be filled in that way. And oftentimes there's, you know, like for instance, one of my kids who has encouraged me to be at this place that I am, he is really driven by having power. So his primary trigger is power. And when I can speak to him in a way that gives him some power in the situation, I'm going to get a better listener, a better follower of directions. He's going to just follow through with what I need him to do because I'm giving him and speaking to him with his power trigger in mind. So yes, we can't always be full and being a mom, gosh, there's so many sacrifices that we do that we're happy to do. And when we can switch our communication in just a slight way, some might be more than others, but when we switch that communication and now we're in essence speaking our child's love languages, but what I teach my clients is talking to the child's triggers. I think that's a really important item to notice that there's a difference in how we're speaking to our kids. I think the trigger thing is such a great thing to be talking about because we can all relate to that. We can all identify that in our children. And in fact, last week's Together Armor episode was about stopping long enough to notice our children, just notice them, notice how they react to things, notice their facial expressions, notice 
how, how they enjoy things around them. And when we can observe what our children are doing, we can understand so much more about how to communicate with them, which is what you're talking about, these triggers. I would guess a lot of your coaching through with your parents, your moms that you work with is that you want them to just sit back and watch and see what is happening in the day-to-day moments Mm -hmm. because it's so telling of what our follow-up move should be. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think too, just for anyone listening, if your child isn't listening or you're having problems with misbehavior or following directions, sometimes parents think that their child needs power or they need attention, right? Like those are the common things that I hear. They're like, oh, well, I'm just trying to give my child more attention. And oftentimes if, if it's not working, that means it's the wrong trigger that they're speaking to. And I think that's an important distinction so that if, if one of the listeners are like, well, I'm trying to give my child power and it didn't work, it's because it's the wrong trigger. So sometimes the things that we notice are different below the surface than what we actually see, right? So a child might be acting out and what we see is their behavior of not listening. But underneath that, what is really happening is that they feel they feel like they're not being heard. They feel like they're not being loved in the way that they need to be loved. And gosh, I could just go down a big rabbit hole of that. But um Yeah, I think those are really important things as well. I totally get that. It's such a great comparison to love language because, you know, if my, if I'm trying to give my child that's having a rough day, a hug and talk to her and she keeps pushing me away, well, that's because her love language is not physical touch. She doesn't Mm -hmm. want that. I am not connecting with her in that moment. So you're right. if we're looking at our child and we think they want more power, but that's not, we're not even identifying the right thing. And I also, Mm. it makes so much sense what you're talking about to flip it. So if they use these triggers and flip them to the positive side, so if they always want the power in their hands, so that leads to them um, bossing around little brother or something, Mm. but we see that they're craving that is it, I'm guessing this is what you mean. So take that, know that that is something that lights your child up either for good or bad, and then start filling their cup with the power in other ways. Like come over here. You can be in charge of dinner tonight. What do you want? Let's help you figure that out. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. And it's, and it's, partly in when they're not listening to and using the right communication tools, there's like, gosh, I don't know, so many different ways to help a child feel that their triggers are being spoken to, like that their love language is being spoken to. Um, But yes, that would be a great example of that. Ashley just talked about how it can be so hard to give to our families when we are feeling so drained. And some days, no matter how hard we try, it is just exhausting. It's exhausting to get to the end of the day, be the keeper of all the moments, 
try to speak all the words that matter, make it happen in our family, and especially make it happen when we want it to. And we don't want it to feel forced, and we want to have that happy, peaceful home without being afraid we're going to lose that communication. Our family of six has been there. I feel the same way, and I also know how easy it is to peel these Together for Family dinner stickers and bring them into your home to create those smiles and the words you want and the moments that you want to share, lifting each other up, getting to know each other even more, and filling each other's cups so full without even trying. Go to togethermoments.com. I will ship these straight to your home. I am confident it will contribute so immensely to your confidence, building your family so strong. This bonus question with Ashley comes to us from Together for Date Night, the I Do category. This sticker says, do you ever dream about living somewhere else? Where? Yes, I do. I would love to live in Paris for a year. I think it'd be really fun to take my kids and have just such a fun experience showing them a different way of life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Paris either. It just somewhere in Europe where we could really immerse ourselves in a different culture than we're used to. Okay, so I have to ask, do you have this desire because you speak French fluently or you've been there before or why would you pick Europe? So when my husband and I were first married, we did a tour in Europe and we spent a few days in, I think like 10 different countries. And I just, ever since we went, I always dreamed of going back and spending more time in the same places that we went. Uh, and that'd be awesome to take your, your children. I always, I've never gone on a European vacation, but for the other vacations I've gone on, I'd love to share that with my children now that we have them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this leads to my next question then, Ashley. I know that boundaries are a big part of your teachings. Give us a quick lesson in what that means when parenting our children is stressful. It feels like a really stressful situation and what that would look like in real life for us. Boundaries are a really big part in authoritative parenting. And so again, teaching positive discipline, conscious parenting, boundaries are super important. And a boundary is meant to be kind while also firm. So like what I mean by firm is we're, we're staying true to whatever rule that was set. So we're not, we're not giving in, we're not breaking our own rules. And it's not even necessarily about rules. It's about having this mutual agreement between a mom and her child of what is expected. So for example, if I'm going to take my kids to the park before I get out of the car, I'm going to turn, you know, parked in the parking lot. I'm going to turn around to both of my kids and say, okay, guys, we're here at the park. What might be some rules that we need to have while we're at the park? And they might say, you know, hitting or no fighting. I'm like, okay, great. That's great. And then I'll add on whatever I think is important in that specific moment. But I'm communicating this rule or this expectation ahead of time to set everyone else, to set everyone up for having a good time. Um, so I might add on, if we're going to the park, there's no running into the street. And this is the area that we can be in while we're here together at the park. 
and um, my kids will agree and I'll say, okay, what will happen if one of these rules is broken? And generally in that scenario, the consequence would be, well, we're going to leave the park because if, if they can't play nice or they're not getting along or they're running into the street when they're not supposed to be, then we're going to be leaving the park. So that is a boundary and an expectation. And then I've also included a consequence of what they can expect to happen if one of those rules or expectations are broken. So I think it's important to see that the goal is having a mutual understanding. And I think a lot of times there's actually a misconception in authoritative parenting or whatever you want to call it, conscious parenting, positive discipline, because this isn't permissive parenting. It's not letting a child just do whatever they want to do. This is you're setting rules and you're following through with them. And then you're also willing to follow through on whatever consequence has been predetermined. Okay. This is so good about just setting the boundaries. Boundaries actually give our kids so much freedom in the long run. We are setting them up for so much goodness. And when they know the consequences, it it actually gives them more freedom. So Tell us, Ashley, how do we hold those boundaries in different seasons as our children grow and have different needs and we have different conflicts? Give us some examples of those. Yeah. So I think it always comes down to the parents. And again, I'm always going to be a big believer in the mom really tuning into her emotional well-being and make sure that whatever boundary, no matter the season, that she's setting that she can follow through with and that she feels confident that she can do that without changing it midway or not following through. Because the moment we don't follow through with the boundary that we've set, now our kids are not going to believe us for future boundaries. So I always think no matter the season, it's important to follow through and be willing to follow through in that boundary. I actually have a real life example that I've been dealing with this week, um, one of my, my oldest daughter, I'm helping her study for a big exam. And I've been telling her, this is really important. You have to, you know, set this up because she has soccer practice and soccer games after school and all this stuff. Anyway, I, I set this expectation at the beginning of the week. And today I texted her at school because she has an injury and she needs to um, go do a little physical therapy. So I was like, I can take you down to school today or after school, I can pick you up and we can go straight there and you can do the elliptical, but you can only do this if you have enough time, like, you know, that you've studied enough at school in your free time, or you're going to have enough time budgeted this afternoon. And she texted me right back and said, then I can't go because I already know, you know, what my time will look like. And I feel like that was a way where I had to, I could have easily taken her down there, but then it would have caused so much stress later because if I didn't set the boundary of, but you have to have enough time to study for this exam tomorrow, then I went back on my word from the whole conversation we already had earlier this week about being prepared. And then I would have set us up for a battle later because I would have been yelling at her, like, what do you mean you don't have enough time? But I took that time away from her. So I feel like the boundaries is such a big thing. And we have to do that self-reflection of what, 
what we've said leading up to this moment and then what the consequences would be if we fall out of that moment and the conflict we're going to create with our child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example of, you know, identifying what has to happen and time management too. Yes. And ultimately that empowers our children for just as they continue to grow up to be able to make their own decisions around everything they have to evaluate for the the situation at hand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So I'd love for you, well, as we're sitting here, I can see how much, um, just your coaching helps a parent to talk through those things. Because as you said that, I thought of that example in myself that was positive where I feel like, okay, we did that the right way. And, you know, I could equally think of some things that I am not so proud of where, oops, (laughs) I messed up in that. Definitely (laughs) missed that trigger or just knew it was there, but went ahead and did my own thing on that. So I can see how you're coaching. Like this is so beneficial for a mom or a dad just to talk through with somebody and really sit down because we think we know how we're doing everything in our family and we think that it's going the right way, but we can get stuck in this. So I'd love for you to give us insight into what it looks like to work with you. So what kind of growth does a mom go through and how does she see her patients levels, the levels of her patients transform? Yeah. I love this question. Um, I was just wrapping up with a client that I've been working with yesterday. And she told me, she said that she felt so much more confident in how she is parenting. And she kind of knew what she wanted to change before I started working with this client. But now that we've spent we spent six weeks. So we had six sessions together and she just said that she feels so much more confident. And when a mom has that extra boost of confidence, she's more patient naturally. And every client that I've had, knock on wood, (laughs) every client that I've had, they always notice changes after our very, very first session. When there's focused energy spent on how we're parenting, how we're communicating, the things that we're picking up about our kids, there's just instantly a difference. So working with me, even after one session, like, like a zoom call, just one session, there's noticeable difference in the levels of patience, confidence, having more tools, knowing how to respond in the moment, in the moment is always so hard for moms. And, um, being able to talk through situations that are stressful with someone that knows what they're doing is really helpful. So they have a plan going forward. And I would guess that if we have the same trigger as our child, that can lead to butting heads. So we have to discover that as well, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I could even go deeper there and say that it's actually whatever triggers that we have as parents It's actually generally something from our own childhood that we were not healed fully or that we couldn't get away with as a child. And now as a parent, it's like, 
we see that same behavior in our kids and it's like, Hey, we couldn't get away with that. And now you can't get away with that. So there's just this cycle that happens. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what I see from my expertise is it's really our inner child acting out for what we couldn't get away with in our own childhood. That does make sense. I'm sure we could all sit here and reflect. <laughs> we'll be yeah. thinking about that. All of our us listeners will be thinking about that one. Uh, something else you said, Ashley, before we wrap up here is this is really I, I, why I wanted you on here. And I wanted to introduce you to our listeners and let them follow you and go learn more from you. Maybe have you coach them is because you said when a mom is more confident, she naturally has more patience. And we do when we know how we're going to react in a situation and we're confident in that. And, and we know what we stand for and we are confident in our boundaries we've set and we're confident we know each other's triggers and all of that. Yes, there's no doubt that we're going to have more patience because we just, we, we don't have to like flail our arms around wondering what's going on. We, we just know how to do it. So that is a big light bulb moment, I think, for anybody listening as to why a coach like you would be so valuable or why to really stop as parents and take time to think about this stuff within ourselves and reflect because anytime, I mean, this is true about any situation in life, but if we, we don't pause long enough, the, the days are going to go by, the weeks are going to go by, the years are going to go by, and we're going to wonder why we didn't make any, any changes. And it was just that we, we didn't give ourselves the knowledge. Absolutely. I love that. And parenting is a skill that we can learn and gain that knowledge for so that everyone feels better and ultimately to have a great relationship with our kids. And I know for me that that is why I'm still learning and still growing in my own parenting because I want to have a good relationship with my kids. Mm. That is such a, a good place to end. Although I feel like we could talk forever because there's, <laughs> there are so many other things I was thinking about just that parenting one child isn't going to be the same as parenting one of our other children. And 100%. they change over the years, different environmental factors come in and, and mean that even sometimes we are confident, but then we have, we lose our confidence for some reason and we have to go back and figure out what we're grounded in, where we need to be again. Mm -hmm. So we just might have to have you back on here, Ashley. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to get to how our guests can connect with you. But first, here's the question I ask every guest. What's one thing helping your family stick together right now? We love having dinner time together when we can. And we use that as an opportunity to, to not only talk about the good things that happen in our day, but also to talk about the not so fun things. Yes. Both are equally valuable. Definitely some good life lessons there. All right, Ashley, tell us where our listeners can connect with you, learn from you and gather all the resources you have. Tell us all about it. 
Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram as Ashley Selling, and my last name is S E L I N G. And I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Calm Moms Parenting with Patience and Confidence. I do a lot of trainings inside of there. And I have various different classes. So we talked about triggers. I have a a workshop called Misbehavior Makeover. It's really helpful understanding kids as triggers. I have a class all about boundaries. That's called Momfidence. I also have a free guide called 11 Encouraging Phrases to Say When Your Child Cries. And you can go to ashleyselling.com slash crying to download that free guide. It's just such a great tool to have. And there's also a couple of emails that go with it that really help manage any road bumps that you come up along as you're implementing these new phrases that are on this free guide. Well, that sounds like a fantastic resource and you have so many good tools and and even Instagram posts and free information out there that we can all gather from you right now. But definitely check out Ashley for coaching needs and just tips to be a more calm and confident mom. Ashley, thank you so much for your time and for spending it with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. This has been fun. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, Take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.